plosives test. <laughs> Plosive. Put me on your penis, please. <laughs> Pussy said, put me on your penis, please. This is a dirty children's book. <laughs> when we're looking at composite charts or synastry charts or any kind of compatibility thing, it's telling you the strengths and pitfalls of your interaction with this other person. It just brings light to certain places that need to be, I don't know, that need to be witnessed. The Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self president with Bioling 458 Trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self president sexual 9 with 1974 Trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an 8 wing 7, sexual self president with 854 Fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self president social 3 wing 4 with a If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Welcome back to Big Hormone Enneagram. We have our uh, King of Wands, Emika. We have our Queen of Cups, David. We have our uh, Knight of Swords, myself. And we have our Prince of Pentacles, Nancy. Uh, and joining us is special guest, the fool Joker herself. <laughs> Joker good. nine. Hi, I'm Alexandra. I'm back. I'm a nine. That's untrustworthy. <laughs> the, uh, nines are canceled. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're doing astrology compatibility with this uh, this astrology queen. Um, she's been doing enneagram and astrology readings for people. So she does Anger Enneagram 9 on Instagram and has been doing reading. She hasn't been doing that for a while, but she'll be doing the, more of this later. For plugs for the rest of us, I have my book out. David has his Trifix book. And is there anything else we need? Oh, Dark uh, Arts Academy. Dark Arts Academy. We are doing uh, Nina Simone dropping this week. And also, we've been raising money for audio equipment. If you've been appreciating and enjoying the clarity of our voices, please donate towards that we've so far we've raised 180 dollars of our goal of 500 uh you can send money to our paypal at bhepodcast@gmail.com or our venmo which is at emekv just leave a note that it's for the audio equipment also another option if you um prefer donating through a website you can donate through enneagrammer.com just just make sure that you notify that it's for um, BHE audio equipment. So you have three options to send us some money. Send us 20, 30 bucks. It goes a long way to uh, pay for all this stuff. All right. So uh, we've been, we've touched on astrology on this pod before, but uh, Alexandra and I were one time just hanging out and talking, and she was doing all this uh, synastry and composite chart stuff between her and I, but also uh, seeing how some of us affect each other. So do you want to say a little bit about compatibility and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so there are two different types of like compatibility somethings that I'm going to go over. Okay, so one is called a composite chart, and a composite chart is basically the blending of two people's energy as one energy. Okay, so it's not necessarily like 
how this person reacts with this person. It's how both of you merge together as as one energy, and it's the the personality that your interaction together takes on. A chart of the relationship base. Yes. And then the other kind is a synastry chart. And a synastry shows a synastry chart shows how person A activates person B. Okay? So they're they are different. A synastry chart, again, shows how person A activates person B and in what specific ways, with what planets, in what houses, you know, areas, all that good stuff. So I'll be like briefly going over both of them between all of you guys. So <laughs> what you also like blended energies as pairings are and then how you activate each other. I have a, I have a question. This yeah. is probably a dumb question. Does every person activate someone else or are there people who just don't activate each other? Um, there will always be something that gets activated. It won't, it's like, for example, like I have three planets that activate John's eighth house, but I don't have any planets occupying or activating other like other specific houses so when it comes to two people your charts will overlap and activate something mm-hmm. so that's um, why he always... sexually objectifies you that's exactly why he sexually objectifies david is that why you activate me yeah maybe the marriage might even be canceled nancy based on <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Um, okay. <laughs> who guys? Who you guys want to do first? You want to do, do the, the couple? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Marriage. Okay, so to start off, David and Nancy together. Nancy's son in Scorpio and David's son in Taurus. Together, you guys have a Leo son. <laughs> okay. So together, the way you are shining as a blended energy is in Leo. So it's all eyes on me. It's gassing each other up. It's uh, it's just it's adoring Hamming. each other. Yes, it's, it's hamming each other. It's flirtatious. Um, mm-hmm. On top of that, together you guys have a North Node in Leo, which a North Node, if we remember from when OD was on, North Node is the direction that you're going in. It's you can think of it as like your integration point. So not mm-hmm. only do you guys have like a blended hammy energy together, but that's the direction you're supposed to be in. So you're supposed to just be adoring each other. <laughs> Right, and showboats Nailed or it. something. Mm-hmm. Spotlight. Yeah. You guys also have um, a Venus in Aquarius, which I think is really nice because it's it helps you guys celebrate your differences, and it helps accent the differences you guys have despite also having, you know, a decent amount of similarities. Mm. Okay, so one thing that I'm seeing is you guys both have Saturn together. So what this means is that where Saturn is in Nancy's chart is in the same place that it is in David's chart. So you guys both have Saturn in Pisces very close together. And the way that I'm interpreting this is that you guys have the same outlook on like stability and structure, and it is in a soft sign of Pisces. So there is this kind of like comfortable self-nurturing quality that feels very self-pressed to me. So it makes sense that you guys would be two self-pressed dominants with that in common, where, where you guys mm-hmm. can really milk that out of each other. Right. <laughs> Let me see. David, your son is on Nancy's moon. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I figured I'd let you have that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David, yeah. So David, your son is on Nancy's moon. They're both in Taurus. They're both exactly at the same degree. 
Um, so that's really strong. Mm. That actually is understanding wow. how one person shines and how the other person feels. So there is a very natural understanding. And I feel like that shows up in your relationship based on how many sort of like mm-hmm. phone calls you guys have just supporting one another. Hours and hours of talking. <laughs> yes. So um, next, let's look at Lilith. Lilith is... Mm. Lilith That's like David big knows. sex stuff, right? Yeah, it's yummy sex stuff. <laughs> Satanic Lilith, Eve. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the original story of Lilith is she was the first wife of Adam who was right. cast out of the garden because she refused to lay under him. Wanted to be on top. She was a hardcore <laughs> yeah, sextician. Right. Yeah, top corporate dom bitch. Yeah. In the chart, Lilith represents something similar. It represents, there's like two um, ways we could look at it. It represents your untamable feminine sexuality. Together okay. or one of us? Uh, we're talking about yours. Oh, we'll go. Oh, in, yeah. g- in general. You're talking Lilith in general. Yeah, Lilith in general, yes. Oh, okay. Okay, so there's one. And then Lilith at the same time is also the part of you that you're kind of covering and keeping out of sight because in the past it has gotten you kicked out of the Garden of Eden, right? Hmm. Okay, so there's that. Now back to Sinistry. David's moon is in Cancer, and it is exactly conjunct, which conjunct means that it's on the same degree, they're, they're right next mm-hmm. to each other. It's exactly mm-hmm. conjunct Nancy's Lilith. Mm. So David has an emotional response to Nancy's wild sexual energy. Uh-huh. <laughs> no way. Big surprise. Shocker. I never saw that I'm one shocked. coming. Yep. <laughs> Their salacious is relationship so is represented in the stars here. That'll <laughs> <laughs> work. Gonna have to break this one to Brian. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Brian knows. What I'm... Yeah, he <laughs> listens to every podcast. He knows. <laughs> oh, he does? Yeah, he literally, it's his favorite. If you go to his Spotify, it's his top listen to oh, podcast. <clears throat> He's a masochist. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Um, okay, and then there was just some like other nice stuff. Like the sun moon conjunction happens in the eleventh house, which is the house of friendship. So it mm. is. You, you guys actually do have like a genuine connection with each other, but it is also this fun, um, like flirtatious, like ego pumping relationship between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, David, you're a Sagittarius rising, and Nancy has her. Venus, Mars, and Jupiter in Sagittarius. So there is a natural recognition that David's vibe is very similar to how Nancy moves. Mm-hmm. And her, it's like Jupiter represents your faith as well. So there's, there's a resonance there too. Um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so you guys want next? <laughs> Here's the next couple. Let's do me and John. John and Emika. Okay, so composite. So again, blended energy. John and Emika have a composite sun, or a, a, yeah, a composite sun that is in Sagittarius, moon in Sagittarius. <laughs> so already that's like a blended energy of just being opinionated as fuck. Of just <laughs> really? like bringing the part, absolutely. <laughs> and big broadcasters, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's also kind of party, right? Yep. And it's also yeah, kind of party, party town. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, Fits every time Emma and I are together. <laughs> <laughs> Something goes down. <laughs> Some wild shit happens. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion. So it's not 
cool with just like sitting in the same spot. It wants more and more and more and more. <laughs> so the two of you together always wanting like, an, Emika, you're always Escalation. saying epic. <laughs> <laughs> Constant So they're Escalation. each other's drug is what you're saying? Well, we're both like, let's do more drugs. <laughs> <laughs> together. I mean, that's on that's literally, uh, yeah, that's literally what happened uh, on Love 9-11. <laughs> <Like>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like after the Brooklyn Bridge, you're like, take this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, New York zone was like, I, I recognize that I needed to take a little bit more control over making the party happen, which meant I needed to get John activated because if he wasn't activated, it wasn't going to, I was like, he needs to be on drugs. John is, in fact, the life of the party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so, <laughs> yeah, so continuing on, um, Amica, you have a ton of Scorpio. And John is a Scorpio rising, which means that all of your Scorpio planets are landing in John's first house. So mm. that means it's activating his sense of identity. So your relationship is very affirming to just who John is. Because a lot of how you carry yourself, a lot of how you emotionally project yourself out into the world, because you have your sun and moon in there, is aligned with how John presents himself. Mm. It's a really simple, sinistry signature. And simple in the sense that it's just, like, I see you, you see me, cool, let's move on. Right, right. There's a non-fussiness to it, which I think is very clear with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Here's something that's kind of interesting. Both John and Amica have Chiron, which is the wounded healer. So this is, like, where we are, this represents where we're wounded, an energy that we had kind of damaged at some point, and that we need to work in this lifetime to heal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so both John and Emika have their Chiron in Gemini, which I have been trying to figure out what this means because there's a lot of like, sort of like pop astrology that says, oh, you're bad at communication. That's <laughs> not how I'm, the way that I'm interpreting it is that the Gemini energy is, it's very open to everybody's perspective. <laughs> it's open to hearing this piece and that piece to kind of put this big picture collection you know, this big picture together. Yeah, um, these guys actually, are bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> a way that I see it actually is, I don't know that I'm understanding this correctly, but I see it as a wound to your consume function. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Can you say more about that? Like for a listener, like what would that mean? Okay, so uh, the Gemini energy, again, is very, it's very open-minded, almost to a point of not being able to like pin their position somewhere. Yeah, yeah Ger- Gemini's I- like, it's mercury it's really fast switching you know it's it's moving around quickly right mm-hmm. and, and so from point to point and a lot of different points right yeah and it's got a lot of open inputs and because it's a mutable sign too it can really take on other people's impressions and there you go yeah and perspectives and feelings and experiences <clears throat> and stuff like that to try to put something to try to have like a mental picture together so what, one of the ways that you said earlier, you spoke to earlier, is how, like, lockdown Emika and I get. Yeah. That we're both like, fuck that shit. Like, lock it down and, like, don't trust being open. Right. So, yeah. So a wound in Gemini, Chiron in Gemini, would be, yeah, a sort of locked, an impulse to not want to be open. Mm-hmm. Right? John and Emika, specifically on this podcast, talk about violation a lot. To me, that speaks to a Chiron in Gemini. Where to hmm. protect from having this like open window that anybody could just get into, they keep it locked down. Yeah. Okay. So to add to this, 
Emeka, you also have a north node in Gemini. And this part is pretty interesting because we bring David into this as well, but we'll get to that part later. Um, okay, so Emeka also has a north node in Gemini, which means that the direction you're supposed to be taking in your life is towards that openness. Mm. Is towards... <laughs> Good luck, Emeka. Good luck. which is kind of nice because john also has it so your relationship could be bringing john along into that Mm, gotcha like sandra said please take john with you (laughs) yes that's right and david okay we might as well just wrap david into this too david also has a north node in gemini Mm. like where you grow like there's like a there's like a they're opposite signs on a chart and so like your south node is like where you come into life, like having already kind of got something under your belt. And so if your north node is in Gemini, where you're going means your south node is in Sagittarius. So that's like kind of like a home base attitude. And then you need to learn to adopt or integrate the north node attitude. And so both David and Emeka have a south node in Sagittarius and a north node in Gemini. Yeah, correct. (laughs) So yes, both David and Emeka have a north node in Gemini. So, which means that they are both, this lifetime is about moving out of this place of, like, overcommitment to an opinion to a place of openness, to a place of considering the other perspective, to a place of, like, dual, dual-natured thinking. Good luck. <laughs> it's also, isn't it, I mean, since it's Gemini, it's like going towards communications of various mm-hmm. kinds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disgust in your voice says it all. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Still a life goal. Speaking with people. Yeah, I mean, we could get into this part now because David, Amica, and John all have this specific degree of Gemini. Hmm. Like, in, it's in this place. David and Amica have the North Node in Gemini, and this happens to be conjunct, which means in the same place as John's Chiron. So John is wounded in this place at the exact same place that David and Emeka are both headed into. And uh, Alexandra's fucking son and Venus are conjunct my Chiron in Gemini also. So, and, and Mercury, right? So I'm all kinds of fucked up by the people around me. <laughs> well, my sort of long-term opinion on this is that David and Emeka are heading in that direction. This is going to be very healing for John. And for David and Emeka, who need to know where to go, you can look to me, your shining example. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that's where my son is. So I'm just chilling out there. Uh, Home base. Home base, yep. Okay, let's see. I just want to cover other little things. John's sun and moon are in Emeka's seventh house, which means that Emeka, John is activating your house of partnership. Now, this can mean, like, romantic or whatever, but also it's just your ability to work with another person. Yeah. Which I think is very clear between the two of you. You guys work really well together. Right, right. And also, I mean, I've spoken to to this on this pod before, just certain, you know, John's a heart type, and not just because he's a heart type, but he has, like, a a purity of heart that, as an eight, that can feel really inspiring to me. So I remember meeting John, like, I don't know, six seven years ago, I don't know how, how long it's been, where I was just shocked that, you know, a social blind could have and value um, romantic relationships to the degree he did. And, you know, on one hand, I could say, oh, John's, like, really naive. But on the other hand, he does have, like, a purity of heart that 
inspires me in in, in a way that no one else I've ever met has. So, thanks, Emeka. Emeka also he's cancer rising, and that's like my uh, Lilith, right? Yeah. And is that a thing? Actually, yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, because because one of the things that's come up in Alexander and I's relationship is like uh, I have this cancer Lilith, which means I'm like a big fucking soft bitch and uh <laughs> little soft boy yeah and so like when it comes out she'll oh, there's a cancer lilith thing or, or whatever but yeah. yeah so yeah i mean maybe like there's a resonance there of emica seeing that part of me too yeah 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 that's definitely lining up for the two of you too um because emica you also right on john's lilith you have what is a point that is called a part of fortune mm. Now, part of fortune is kind of a weird thing because it's technically a mathematical calculation, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to represent where you find your greatest joy and your most success. Hmm. And it's in cancer, which is a very oh. nurturing, protective, like family-oriented sign. Right, right. And then John has this as well, but it's in his Lilith, which means that he's trying to keep it under wraps because it's gotten him in trouble in the past. Mm. It's still Lilith is still a very alive part of who a person is, but they're keeping it under wraps, and it's, it's it becomes like a shadow kind of secret place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that seems seems right. Okay, last thing on this. So John's North Node is in Aries. And it is right next to his Mars, which is the planet that represents how we take action, how we assert ourselves, how we get angry, how we fuck, you know, all that good stuff. And, okay, so these two placements are right on Emika's midheaven. The easy way to say it is it represents your career, but that's a lame term. So I like to say that it represents how you are contributing to society. Mm. So what this means is that John is activating the area of life in Emica's chart that is that is going to... I just lost how to say it. Well, I mean, all right. It sounds like I'm activating what's going to, like, help you move forward in, in your, like, work or con- contribution to other people or something like that. Like vocation. Vocation, yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, I mean, even, like, the way I, uh, I was, like, got you on the shift network thing. Right, Could be right, an right. Example or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, we were always going to do a pod, but it was you saying, let's, we should fucking do this um right that sort of kick-started the whole thing right and and alexander has that same mars placement or double aries mars so something with alexander too is uh is in the mix somehow but we'll see how that goes but yeah anyway it's like somehow <laughs> my aries mars uh does contribute to like to whatever the fuck emica is here to do <laughs> right right Micah, how do you feel about that or how do you no, see it's, that play out it, yeah because I think um, in my mid-20s, I started really delving into, you know, all these systems to try to, because I think after college, I was like, I'm going to go do this, this, and this. And then, of course, life slaps you with the reality check and it doesn't work. And I think I started searching within myself to sort of figure out, all right, let me figure out where all of my weirdness belongs, you know, and what sort of path I'm supposed to embark on. And in trying to do so, meeting um, John and David, uh, it's sort of like, help me see myself and say, oh yeah, there, there is a weird path here of interesting dudes that are doing inner work. And, you know, so it, it gave me, it gave me sort of the social mirroring in a sense of, okay, it's not just like, this is something I'm interested in or just a hobby. This is actually my vocation. This is actually my path in life. So, mm-hmm. um, if I hadn't met both of y'all, I don't think, um, I would have been able to see myself. So, yeah. 
That's so nice. Yeah. There is a lot of this particular like 10th house midheaven placement activated between all of you guys. Like David's Mercury is also on your midheaven, Emika. So mm-hmm. what Mercury will do is he'll help you put this into words. Like he'll help you clear up your thinking. He may have yeah. been influential on, on your thought mm. process when it comes to all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on the other end too, Emika, you have the exact same influence on David. Oh. You have your Mercury and your Mars on his midheaven. So you're oh. helping him put it into action and him clarify his thoughts and him push right. push forward. Right, right. That makes sense. We we're a podcast uh designed in heaven. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> feeds off of everyone. Yeah, you really do. I right. mean, I'm seeing all of it. Emika has the same influence, not with Mercury and Mars, but on Nancy. John has that same influence on Nancy. You guys are all pushing each other forward to contribute to society with what you're doing. That's what that's, 10th house is. That's fucking cool. Yeah, do something with Nancy. Okay. Let's do <laughs> Emika and Nancy. All okay. right. Because you guys had some interesting stuff. Seeing that you are so different personality-wise, there actually is a pretty strong amount in common in the charts with a strong enough difference to explain why you guys are so different. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in your composite chart, your blended energy, you guys have just a fuck ton of Scorpio. <laughs> it's a Scorpio sun and Venus and Mercury and Mars. A lot oh of fuck you energy. A lot of fuck you energy. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fuck you energy. <laughs> a lot of that. digging <laughs> underneath the surface, underneath the surface. What is it really? What is it really? A lot of like excavating. Mm-hmm. But then you also have, together, you also have an Aquarius moon. So that energy together, you guys need space and you give each other space and you let each other be who you are individually. Hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is where it comes in. You guys are both cancer rising. Oh. And it is only three degrees apart. So that's very close. That is meaning you guys were almost born at the exact same time. Oh yeah, we were. Yeah, we're very close to each other. And on top of that, yeah. They're both Scorpio's done. Yeah, and on top of that, you were almost born on the same day because mm-hmm. your suns are only two degrees apart. Wow. So seeing that, there should be a lot in common. Your rising signs are almost the same. Your sun signs are almost, or your positions, or sun signs are almost the same. However, <laughs> Emika has a Scorpio moon. So he has an emotional body that rec- recognizes how he's walking out in the world and it it agrees with it. Yeah. Right. So Emika's internal body and his external body are aligned where with Nancy, Nancy's (laughs) (laughs) that does not happen. (laughs) Whereas Nancy, Nancy has a sun or has a moon in Taurus, which is the opposite. So it's all the way on the other polar end of where Scorpio is. Born on a full moon. Love that for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So this means that despite them both having the same sun, which is how you shine, how you present yourself, this is like where you are going to be at your most vital, right? And you both have it in the fifth house. So it's like extra spicy. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. And the same rising sign. So you're moving through the world in the same way. So the difference is coming in that Nancy has an emotional response to the opposite end 
rather than being in this like destroy and fuck place that Emika loves to be in. <laughs> destroy and fuck. <laughs> yeah, just fucking destroy. <laughs> Can I fuck it? Can I kill it? <laughs> right. That is what's going to bring Emika literally emotional nurturance. That's what his body yes. needs. That's what his heart needs. It needs to be in this like fucking destroy. It needs to be fucking and destroying. Killing time is my favorite time. <laughs> oh my god. Whereas uh Nancy's emotional body and the way that she is emotionally nurturing herself is through Taurus. So it is through gathering security and through gathering stability and making sure that she's like together. Stability okay. queen. <laughs> Yeah. Stability queen. So then, the where you guys do meet up, because you still have, again, almost the same exact sun in the same house, in the same sign. So you guys have a fifth house activation of each other, which means you are, that is going to be a lot of the topics and a lot of the energy that you guys share with each other. Fifth house, again, is the area of pleasure, the area of play. It's a lot of, like, frivolous sexuality. Talking about sex and fucking a lot. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So your relationship is going to be one of Emika's going to help Nancy come back to where she shines. Mm. And what comes to mind for me is, didn't you guys have a thing where um, Emika was making Nancy do a, yeah, the hot guy collage? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, what she's attracted <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Emika's fifth house Scorpio moon trying to pull this bad bitch back in there. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Come back into fucking destroy mode. <laughs> I'm just a, a Scorpio fifth house daddy. <laughs> I'm yeah. okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Y'all's sinistry is really cool because you guys also have Amica's Jupiter is right on Nancy's Mars and they're both in the fifth house. So mm. Mars is the planet of action. Jupiter is the planet of like faith but also luck and optimism. So when you guys come together, it is going to be a lot of like play and good time and action. Like a collaboration between you two would probably be really good. Yeah. Assertive types to getting it done. That would be fun. To do uh, David Amica. <laughs> Fuck boys of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a re- I am a, I'm a reformed fuckboy. I'm, I'm no longer allowed. I am still taking lessons in reformation. <laughs> I talked today about a, there was a a thing about a a story that said that in 10 years we're going to be fucking robots. And I said, I think it's okay to fuck robots. She's like, no, it's not okay to fuck robots. I was like, but it's not a human. I should totally get a pass for a robot. She's like, no, no robots for you. I was like, well. It's a sex doll. It's fine. (laughs) I'm not allowed to fuck any robots. You get a pass for a robot? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David, I am gathering women for you at my wedding, so oh. be prepared. You will not be alone. Yeah, so I do not need a plus one. I've no, a, you don't. You got need a, a plus, plus half dozen for me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have talked you up to a couple of women. I'm like, hey, this guy coming? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> much uh, appreciated. My uh... mm-hmm. And they all love your voice, so you're welcome. Oh, they already do. They've already heard me. When are you going to launch your Daddy Issues for David Gray erotica channel? <laughs> Daddy Issues. <laughs> hey, did, who, who is that? There's somebody on, uh, what is it, Reddit, that that's, that's their screen name. Yeah, is, yeah. 
Daddy issues for David G. And it's yeah. an Enneagram. <laughs> dis- and it's an Enneagram discussion, whatever. You are not thing, allowed so to I hang know. out with that person. You are not allowed to hang out with that person. <laughs> Shout out to Daddy that issues for David G. <laughs> not hang out with them. <laughs> I'm curious who it is. I'm- <laughs> no, you don't get to know. Oh, okay. You just would make bad decisions in that. Scenario. So. You're laying down the rules in this relationship yeah. now? Yes, yeah. David needs a pimp. Please keep him on lockdown. <laughs> I got it. I've always wanted to be a pimp. I would be a great pimp. <laughs> I think you would, actually. Yeah, I would. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so David and Amicus is hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we'll start... So your composite energy, you guys also have a Leo son, so it's similar to David and Nancy, of course, because both David and Emic, or, uh, Nancy oh, and Emic are Scorpios, so that would make sense. So you guys also have the Leo son, and basically the rest of your composite chart is Virgo, which hmm. to me actually makes sense, because you guys do have, the two of you together do have a focus on like making sure that things stay organized, and that they're staying functional, and that there's like a no fuss kind of like specificity to how you go about things. Well, also when the two of them are together, they're like so fucking picky about like food and lighting and like oh if their coffee's coming <laughs> and all that shit. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely a princess quality to the two of you. Oh my god, that's, that's it. Leo and Virgo is your fucking four wing three fixes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, picky Virgo stuff, and Virgo is an Earth sign, so it's like about physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was you guys demanding coffee from me. Yes, from well, like, you. I was yelling resisted. from the other room. Yeah. And then I went into the kitchen, and then you were handing me the coffee. And I was like, why didn't you just hand me the coffee, bring the coffee to the room? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're so needy. I mean, that's, yeah. These are basic <laughs> yeah. demands that, yeah. that ought to be met, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> David. A little bitch. Oh, my God. Okay, so the funniest thing to me in this is that, Emika, your moon is in David's 12th house. Now, the 12th house is, like, known for being a house where where that's, like, very hard to describe. 12th house is hidden, and it's nebulous, and it's It's confusing. Mm -hmm, Yeah, it can be very spiritual. But normally when somebody's planets are in the other person's 12th house, whoever is the planet person, in this case it's Amica, has no fucking idea what's going on in the 12th house. (laughs) (laughs) So this is being confused as shit by David. (laughs) Uh, That would be accurate. Huh? <laughs> Why the fuck are you doing this <laughs> again? <laughs> Constantly confused it's, by his choices. It will, it will remain a mystery. <laughs> yeah. And usually, whoever the twelfth house person is, like John and I have this sinistry also, where John's sun and moon are in my twelfth house. Usually, mm. whoever the twelfth house person is. So David, it's uh, it's two hexad boys being confused by two nines. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, because 12th house is also ruled by Pisces, that like yes. naturally, and that's really super 90. That's just that, that vague, watery world. Yeah. 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 And a sign that is like the moon that needs, you know, the moon's mm. focus is to self regulate and to, you know, to take care of themselves. 
So when the, the, when the moon or the sun that needs to just see what's going on are placed in the 12th house that is not giving any ounce of clarity. <laughs> there you go. It's very uncomfortable it. for them, or it can be. Oh, Meanwhile, the 12th house person, David, this would be you and I, we're confused as to why they're so confused. <laughs> yeah. or, or why does it matter? Yeah, just, just chill out, guys. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, being confused by attachment types is just what has driven go. so much of this podcast. Because <laughs> they're like, what does that mean? What's funny, too, about this is this is just um, specific to David. David, you have a Mars-Uranus conjunction. So your Mars, which is how you take action, and your Uranus, which is your eccentricity, a lot, it's like your sudden change. Um, it's your individuality work uh-huh. the same way. Right. And one of the hallmark behaviors of Uranus is that it's unpredictable. So the uh-huh. way you take, basically, it's like nobody ever knows what the fuck you're going to do next. <laughs> oh, you don't say. Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> wow. uncl- and Yeah, no, I've never felt that way about David. <laughs> Surprise. The trickster. um let's see there is more oh yeah i mentioned that already that david is on emika's mid heaven so there's a lot of like career activation between the both of you mutually um oh this is nice david jupiter which is optimism and faith and expansion and luck is right on emika's chiron which again like we talked about earlier is that wounded place Now, Jupiter, both Jupiter and Venus are both considered benefic planets, so their effects are only ever positive. Mm. Right. right. So the way that that would play out long term, and somebody else has this, some other pairing has this um, sinistry piece too. The way that this pairs out is what is the part of Emika that needs to be healed, that needs attention, that needs like love poured into it. David has a lot of optimism about. David Mm. has a lot of you know, a lot of faith that, you know, this will be good. We'll be fine. Right. An abundance of faith. An overabundance <laughs> of faith, if you, you could yeah. say. <laughs> David, what do you uh, say about that? Uh, I think I'm being accused of being <laughs> irrational. Making bad illogical, decisions. Uh, for some reason, and that. I for some great reason. Offense. Yeah, I take great offense to Nobody that. Nobody knows why, really. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Emic is no easy man to please. <laughs> <laughs> Who, me? Virgo, Mars, and Difficult Virgo to Venus. please. Yeah, Virgo is not an easy sign to please. <laughs> so what does it mean that Emica's Mars and Venus are in your moon, in the eighth house? Okay, so Emica's Mars and Venus. Oh, is right on my moon? Okay, so this was cool. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring myself into it, but I guess we're going to do it. Yeah, we're so bringing the social nine into it. Yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> we're bringing the nebulous it's actually person. Actually, all about you. <laughs> but this, I <laughs> oh god. Um, so this, I thought was very cool. So I have a Virgo moon. Emika has a Virgo Mars. They are at the same degree. So the, how I have interpreted this is that the things that I am feeling need to happen. The things that I need for my own emotional regulation. Amica's already out there doing. Hey, hey! And this this absolutely has lined up historically, where, like, you know, there's been a lot of drama, and there have been a lot of things where I, as a nine, I'm feeling, you know, like, I feel this sort of, like, call to action that needs to happen, but then Amica's mm. Mars is there, so he's the one actually out there 
chopping heads with the with the <laughs> fury that I feel but can't take action on. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times I do feel responsible to embody the anger that others around me don't feel like they mm-hmm. can express. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been like 10 for 10 at this point. Almost all of your actions, I'm like, fuck yeah, thank you. That needed to be done. <laughs> uh, have David me, and uh, Nancy John and me and David haven't been done, right? Yeah. All right, John and Nancy, an Aquarius sun and a Scorpio sun. Together, your composite is a Sagittarius sun. So you guys also yeah. have that party town. Let's go dance. Let's do. <laughs> you know, true. let's raise the fucking roof. DJ energy between the two of you. <laughs> yeah, anytime we get together, it's a fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> and what's sweet and what counteracts, not counteracts, but what complements it is that you guys have a Pisces moon. So there is a very soft quality that you guys share together. There is like a genuine um, spiritual care that you have for each other. Mm-hmm. And then even going down the line, there's just more Sagittarius. So you guys really fucking like to party and you genuinely care about each other. <laughs> <laughs> As far as activation goes, Nancy, because you have so much Scorpio, again, it's similar to, um, to uh, yeah, his relationship with Amica, that a lot of who you are validates who he is. Oh, yeah, you guys both have Lilith and Cancer. We kind of addressed this earlier, so that Lilith is that, that sort of hidden but wild but very present um, side to ourselves. Both John and Nancy have Lilith and Cancer. Which is a very soft, squishy, romantic, like <laughs> just a little soft shell crab inside of both of you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think because you guys both have that, that is re- very reaffirming and reassuring to both of you. You know, it like gives permission for the other persons to come out. It is a kind of green light for that energy to come out. Some another thing you said that was interesting was that. Her Jupiter is conjunct my Saturn, and my Saturn is conjunct her Jupiter. Oh, right. Okay, so this is kind of cool. So Saturn is considered a malefic planet. So usually when it is in con- it, when it's like communicating with another planet, it's got some hard lesson for it. And as we mentioned earlier, Jupiter is a benefic planet, so it's only giving good things. Nancy's Jupiter is on John's Saturn and vice versa, which is kind of an interesting communication of like optimism meets pessimism there's a balance there on both of those degrees so where john's going to be super you know negative everything sucks the world is horrible everything needs to burn down nancy can bring some soothing to that so she can bring some hope to that and on the other end when nancy feels like her life is crumbling john can bring some soothing and hope to that as well that was my positive outlook right oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I have my Mars and North Node in your 10th house, which is the, one of the career one, right? So I, um, I'm helping your career, Nancy. <laughs> Just your very existence is helping my career. Yeah, so uh, awesome. you're this, awesome. you know, this podcast is uh, your, new, your new career now that you oh. don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> So any career questions, I should just call you and be like, John, should I do this? Yeah, and I'll just be like, do the Enneagram. Do the podcast. <laughs> Only the Enneagram, nothing else. Yeah. No other interests. All your eggs in this basket now, baby. You might end up homeless, <laughs> but you will be happy. 
<laughs> yeah, you will be happy. And Are my, sure my Mars that? in action is like supposed to tell you to do this. So I can't. Oh, help it. okay. You just have to reduce your the standard of living by several notches, and then you will be happy. <laughs> okay. I'll look into that. There's also John's moon is conjunct Nancy's part of fortune. So the part of fortune we talked about earlier, this is like this this is where we're gonna find our most joy, our highest joy. Our most success, our prosperity, our luck, all of that. And Nancy, yours is in Capricorn. So there, it is within Capricorn energy, within like building and, you know, being ambitious and seeing, just creating your tomorrow that is going to be most fulfilling for you. And John, with his moon there, means that he naturally sees that and understands it. So John's effect on you and your effect on him are both very affirming to who the other person is, but also very pushing forward to where you guys both need to be going. Wasn't there something, too, about uh, all three of us uh, fellas that is something about, like, very validating to Nancy's Lilith or something? Oh, yeah. There was something about, like, you know, like, that we all are very accepting of Nancy's freak side or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That's certainly true. That's definitely true. God, that's <laughs> certainly true of David. <laughs> mm. yeah. That was not Nancy's... creepy at all. That was just very, very wholesome. <laughs> Daddy issues with David P. <laughs> it's actually my backup Reddit. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Nancy's Lilith is recognized by a different part of all three of your charts. And mm. with Nancy Aww. specifically being like a sexual, bo- sexual blind and a Bermuda type, to have that recognized by all three of you is very empowering. And it is very like, yeah, let's, I'm not going to not be accepted here. You know, she's found acceptance with you guys. Mm-hmm. Let your freak flag fly. <laughs> Dom, corporate, <coughs> burning, whatever. <laughs> Do whatever you want. They'll love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll just be in the background like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then me and David, uh, star-crossed okay. lovers, star-crossed <laughs> lovers. <laughs> um, yeah, even before that, I was like writing a few things just based on all four of you guys. All four of you guys have fixed sons. They mm. or John is an Aquarius. Nancy and Emika are both Scorpios, and David Taurus. is a Taurus. Yes. So a fixed sign is known as they're the builders. They're just trying to carry you through the season. They're not trying to change anything. They're called fixed because they're in a fixed position. They're not movable, um, which I think is a reputation that precedes this podcast. It does? <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yes, having a reputation for being a stubborn know-it-alls. And what's beautiful <laughs> about that is that you guys have your son there, which means that this is where you are at your most vital and at your most alive and at your most, like, at your strongest. So I thought that was kind of cool. So, uh, suck it, haters. <laughs> this is what we should be doing. This is what we do best. And we are fixated on it. <laughs> and we're never going to change. That's right. Yeah. And this is just like something. Um, me, this, I'm including myself in this as well. You guys are all night charts. You guys are all born mm-hmm. yep. under the night sky. Mm. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. I haven't looked into that too much, but I do kind of feel an energetic difference between a night person and a day person. This is a night podcast. This yeah. is yeah. definitely a night podcast. Me and me and David, and then Alexandra should has notes on herself and everybody too. 
Just brief ones for my little Yeah, little just nine. brief. She wouldn't just want to brief. talk about herself for Yeah, we won't want to put too much of herself in here, little nine. Okay, that's enough from John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just a little nine. Just soften. Oh, do I have my pillows and my blanket? <laughs> I'm under a blanket right now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're broadcasting from our bed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so John and David. Um, so for starters, your composite, you guys are a Pisces together. Which I think is so nice, and I think very fitting. The two of you have a sort of <clears throat> mystical, magical, psychic, spiritual energy when the two of you mm. come together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, which I think is very fitting. And then on top of that, you have Aries <clears throat> Moon, which I think also tracks as your emotional bodies are just fucking ready to fight in the comments <laughs> section at yeah. any given moment. Here one Delta Force comment operators. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some warrior God of War Ares going warrior on. Cast. Warrior, warrior cast. Warrior cast, that's right. David, you're warrior cast on the Michael teaching thing, right? Uh yeah. that's yeah. yeah double. God. Yep. Yeah. Double. Double warrior cast. Double. David is responsible for telling me I'm a nine and then I just blindly said yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one has been more responsible for uh the biggest shitstorms that we collectively have been involved in. Single, <laughs> single-handedly generated more drama than anybody. All of us combined, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> He's here all week, folks. He's here all week. <laughs> our North Node together is in Taurus, so that means we got to get practical about all our dumb shit. Um, oh yeah, and a Gemini Mars. So you are motivated by the information, by the collection of information, the distribution of it. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why you're out in the comments section fighting mm-hmm. off every bitch. Um, okay, so composite-wise, um, John's sun and moon are in David's second house. So there is an activation of the second house by John to David, which I see as the need to, as like the push to actualize David mm-hmm. yourself into something tangible. Mm-hmm. So I see it as... Like introing your Trifix book? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and the push to, yeah, the push to put who you are mm-hmm. out there into public view. Um, nice. Let's see. Yeah, John's Mars is on David's Mercury, which, again, Mars is very pushy. John is very pushy. <laughs> He's pushing David to get, to get speaking, to share his ideas, to get him out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and if I know the history, David, you were already doing that. What was happening? Oh, I said, you were already sharing your ideas. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In came a hexad boy to push it farther. Like, get on a fucking podcast. There you go. <laughs> so my, his moon is in my eighth house. Yep. Yep. David's moon is in John's eighth house. And John's eighth house is uh, <laughs> especially potent for him as he has his, like, wounded planet and his Lilith in there. So, oh. and you guys know John. There's, there's, <laughs> there's some stuff there. Um, well, it's also like, I mean, that means like together, it's sort of depth stuff mm-hmm. too with that mm-hmm. eighth house. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of transformation. And David, you having your moon here, I think, is very validating for John because you do understand the pain that he's going through, or the pain that he feels, and the fears, and his, you know, mm-hmm. all of his secrets. <laughs> Okay, continuing on with John and David. Um, David has a bunch of planets in John's seventh house. So similar, I can't remember at this point who else it was, but there is another, oh, John and Emeka. 
have another seventh house activation. Mm. So, so that's again, partnerships. That, yes. Yes, which is very clear as you guys have been working together for a while. But yes, mm-hmm. especially with Jupiter being in the seventh house also, there is mm. like a fortuitous mm-hmm. energy between you guys. David, your Chiron is on John's Jupiter. So again, um, Jupiter only brings good. So this is John telling you he needs more, telling you he wants more. He's giving you faith and he's giving you optimism and he's giving you a certain direction for how to heal your specific Chiron, which is in Pisces, I believe. I think so, yeah. In my second house. Yep, there it is. Mm Mm-hmm. But then the last one, and this is what ties, again, this is what ties the three men on the podcast together, is that North Node placement in Gemini. Mm. David and Amica are going to Gemini. They're, they're integrating Gemini into this lifetime to help them be more well-rounded, to help them um, be at their best, basically. And it happens to be in the direction where a lot of John's pain comes from. and so. You guys are all in it together is how I see it. Mm-hmm. You're all in this together. None of you know that reference? Nope. No. I do. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know that reference. That's the um, And then what about you? Go to your, your thing. Yeah, talk about yourself for a bit. Got to pull, pull my nine in here. All right. Well, these talk are about quick. yourself really just quick. in relation to yourself. Nobody yeah. else. <laughs> Solo. All right. Let's see. All right. So... These are, like I said, these are just quick. David, you and I have a Leo moon together, which is just the best, as it seems that our relationship is basically about being narcissistic nines. Perfect. <laughs> telling the world how we're better than everybody, why nines are the best, why everybody being needs on to stage. nines. Our nines right. aren't narcissistic. <laughs> nines are never narcissistic. At all. No. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned for more on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week at 8 p.m. Heads will roll. Heads will roll. <laughs> um, and then, Amica, you and I are a Virgo sun with a Cancer Mars. Mm. And the way that I see this play out, there is more, but the way that I see this play out is we have, together, we have a very picky, analytical, scrutinizing quality. Absolutely. With a Cancer Mars motivation. And so the motivation of a Cancer Mars is to protect the family. Mm. Yes. Very much so. Yes. Ruthless bitches. You and I are. <laughs> True. That yes. is a definite overlap off. with you two. They More on that next week. <laughs> <laughs> Cancer Mars, Virgo Sun. I just thought that was beautiful. And then Nancy, though we just have a ton of Virgo. We're a Virgo Sun. Virgo Mercury, Virgo Venus, um, we have an Aries rising, and we have a Cancer Moon. So there is a, a sort of mushy, <laughs> there's sort of mushy quality as far as Cancer goes. I think with us both being triple attachment too, there is a lot of needing to be um, reassuring and validating to each other as far as Cancer Moon goes. And then let's see. Oh yeah, Nancy, you are all up in my 10th house and my 9th house. Like more so than any of the other guys are. So the way that I'm reading this is that you're the one that activates my, you're the one that's going to get me to keep going with my accounts and with my astrology stuff and all that good stuff. (laughs) Awesome. I need your fucking help, Nancy. 
<laughs> on it. <laughs> all hands on deck for nine. The next zone is just going to be all about keeping <laughs> keeping you on track. <laughs> I need the threes help, please. <laughs> I got it. Do you guys have anything else? No, I mean, I, I think that was really great. Like that was that was uh, great. Yeah, all really accurate. Yeah, and like very easily demonstrated, not just between our comments, but I mean, I think all those dynamics played out on the pod. And I don't think like the listeners of this podcast really need to be reminded of this, but I do think that there are people that like my mom, for example, thinks astrology is like telling you what you are already. And it takes away your free will and all that stuff. Like, I think a way that astrology can help is it just brings light to certain places that need to be, I don't know, that need to be witnessed. Sometimes it is just like a mirror that gives you an extra boost of strength for a direction that you need to be going in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something, I used to be an astrology skeptic until my my best friend got really deep into it. And I, you mean I could John's see somewhere... best friend? <laughs> yeah, John's best friend. John's best friend. <laughs> got really deep into it. And here, you know, some nuanced operator of the system who could really shed light to things that I didn't take seriously before. And, you know, we explore a lot of different systems on this pod. And each one has a different layer to offer in terms of exploring one psyche and all, all these psychological layers that you can excavate. And astrology is just, you know, a very useful, different, very different layer that confirms and also sheds light on things maybe we didn't pick up from other systems. So, I mean, there's just a lot to learn, regardless of what the system is. Um, it has a lot to add. Yeah, I think it uh, shows us like where we can lean on each other. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's been cool is is Alexander's gotten deeper into astrology. Like, she's, you know, for a while she was getting a lot of people's charts and knew their types or could find out their types. And we've seen different, like, patterns and relationships between type and astrology. And it seems like they, you know, they aren't covering the same thing, but they kind of complement each other. And it seems like, um, you know, your astrology chart is, like, kind of telling you what your soul's developmental path is. And then your ability to be present with your Enneagram pattern uh, is kind of like what makes that development happen or not. You know, it's mm-hmm. like what gets in the way of it or what, uh, you know, if you're, you're playing out your bullshit, you're going to basically get fucked by your chart, you know, as different transits and different things happen. And so to be able to be aware of your type and all the pu- bullshit and pitfalls uh, lets you be more available for whatever you know, what, whatever you call it, like whatever your essence is supposed to learn or experience or transmit or go through, whatever energies it's supposed to embody, um, being able to be present using your Enneagram type is like how you, in a sense, become a tool for the stars or a tool for the universe or a ser- in service of something higher. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of cool shit with uh, Gurdjieff and, you know, different worlds and, uh, you know, what, like different levels of a human being you know, from the body to the essence into something higher. And astrology does seem to have, you know, it's not saying that Gurdjieff taught about astrology or anything, but there is some acknowledgement in even the Gurdjieff work about the way celestial forces uh, influence our essence and what makes us uh, able to serve sort of the cosmic functioning versus what gets in the way and makes us what, what Gurdjieff called food for the moon. Yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say is... That as far as we were mostly doing compatibility charts and similar to what John was saying about the sort of like non-static nature of a person's individual chart, when we're looking at 
composite charts or synastry charts or any kind of compatibility thing, it is all, it's telling you the strengths and pitfalls of your interaction with this other person. And I guess so what I'm saying, where I'm going with that, is that there isn't a chart that's going to say, yeah, everything's going to be seamless in this. And there isn't a chart that says this is going to be a disaster between you two. I'm still practicing compatibility charts, uh, but it has been fun to look into. Anyway, I'm still taking readings. I'm still taking, um, I'm still accepting people's charts. You can find me over on Angry Enneagram 9 on Instagram or those that have me on Facebook or even just my personal Instagram account. You guys can reach out to me on that. Um, turnaround is a little slow, but I'm working on it. <laughs> I love astrology. I think that it's been able to provide a lot of mirroring in places where people have needed it really uncover strengths that people didn't know they had and yeah give a green light to just start behaving in a way that really makes sense for you rather than especially for attachment types rather than trying to live a way that isn't going to bring you any satisfaction or joy or anything good (laughs) yeah that's that's what i've seen uh with alexandra's readings for people you know obviously most of her readings have been toward attachment types and it just provided like really good powerful and strong mirroring for you know, what is of that particular person's strength and inner nature and capacity and things they need to face to actualize those capacities and what kind of spells need to be broken. I mean, that's for hexed types too, but, you know, um, especially her being an attachment type, she can speak incredibly well to the attachment struggle in a way that uh, sometimes falls flat for, for the hexed folks. Also, a chart's going to have like latent, uh, individuating, you know, yeah. material that for attachment types. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like for example, my chart, my North Node is in Capricorn. I do not see myself as having Capricorn energy, but right. the way the North Node works is that the North Node is how you're going to take care of your emotional body. It's how you're going to take care of the vessel that's going to carry out your life's purpose. And so while I still don't identify as having any Capricorn qualities, I do notice that when I am embodying Capricorn qualities, I'm much happier with myself. I'm much more capable of handling, you know, day-to-day things. And the power really does go back into my own hands. So that's kind of cool. I think with the... Yeah, to just mirror what David said or to echo what David said. I do think that it is just an image of everyone's potential. And sometimes you really need that shown to you first before you even know it's possible. Yeah. Thank you, my love. All right. All right, man. Talk to Bye, you. Alexandra. Okay. Bye. Okay, later. Bye. Bye. Bye.